and like him taking his claspers and trying to like push his dick back in and I'm like, dude, just let it free. And welcome back to another episode of Romancing the Monsters. I'm Em. I'm Seth. And first, before we start this episode, uh, I just want to remind you that uh, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, you can leave us a review or a rating. Um, it's incredibly helpful to, you know, get our podcast out there. Um, if you have people in your life that you think would like our content, feel free to share it with them. Uh, we are trying to, you know, grow our little audience. Sounds desperate every time, but what can we say? We I need know. to self-promote a little bit. Yeah. Anyways, today, ladies and gents, we read Ensnared by Tiffany Roberts, which... Seth. Yes. We did it. We went there. We read. We did. A spider hero. And we do not mean a spider shifter. Nope. We mean a full on grown ass alien spider looking thing. Yes. We did. And like, can I just preface this by saying I am scared of spiders. Even in my house, if I see one, I will scream bloody murder. I just, I don't know. This just, this book intrigued me to no end because of certain questions I had, which we'll get to. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I think also, our girl Ivy had the same questions, Steph. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> like, Ivy was so curious. And, you know, I love to see it. But, yeah, no. Uh, I was scared of spiders. And I just wanted to mm-hmm. see if, like, Tiffany and Robert, which are, you know, the husband and wife duo that write all these amazing books, um... I just wanted to know if they were able to make me fall in love with said spider spider. hero Uh Um, and make me actually believe and actually find him like romantic or like adorable, plausible as a lead, you know? Uh huh. Like, that's what I kind of mean. Like, plausible is like a romantic lead. Can I tell a very short story that relates to this book? Because you just said like you hate spiders. I don't hate spiders that like I'm not scared of them, but I will squish them to their death. I do not care. I am I'm rootless. That being said, now that I've read this book, <laughs> there was actually there was actually a spider on my ceiling this morning and Don't I looked at me. it. I looked at it and usually I would have killed it on the spot, but I looked at it and I went, "Buddy, if you stay there, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna let you live." And if you just hide somewhere, I'm going to let you live. But I do not want to see you crawling on the fucking wall. So I let it live. And I was like, you know what, folks? This is character development on my part. (laughs) (laughs) This is growth. (laughs) This book made you more empathetic to spiders. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So I have Tiffany Roberts to thank for this. Um, I'm not saying that by tomorrow morning, things will not have changed. (laughs) But for today... Me and the spiders are on okay terms. We love personal growth. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, segue into what is this book about beyond hot spider-looking alien? Right. All right. So, we start off on an alien planet. Um, I don't. We don't even know what it's called, to be honest. We only know where his people live and where also he decides to live during his time away. So the people that, you know, he's a part of, they're called the Vricks. Um, and he goes to, is it Takaral? Which is like, have you their... even said his name? Maybe we should say his name. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> K- Katan. I say Katan. Katan. But I don't know. <laughs> that was, that was one of my questions. I feel like this is something we should have asked. Um, Tiffany and Roberts. Yeah. yeah. Well. Anyways. Sorry if we butcher his name. I'm going to say Katan. I really don't want to because I love him. Spoiler. Well, yes. But girl, it's just, it's bound to happen. All right. right. Um, K- 
Katan. I'm going to say Katan. All right. Let's All right. say Katan. All right. So we meet Katan and the world of the Vricks, which is, you know, which are his people. He goes to Takaral, which is, like, his species' home base. And, like, they have this whole ritual where they give their queen, which is, like, an awful bitch, um, offerings. <laughs> and basically, we know at this point that the queen isn't well-loved among her people. And uh, she singled out Katan as, like, her mate, the person that will give her babies. Um, he doesn't want Fertilize her eggs. <laughs> Sorry, yes. Fertilize her eggs. <laughs> um, and he doesn't want anything to do with that. So he um, lives in the tangle, which is like the jungle, the thick of the jungle, and gathers meats and plants and things like that. Anyways, he goes to do his job, which is gather meat and plants and things like that. Um, and bring it back to his people, which he obviously finds out that the people are kind of starving to death, and he finds out that the queen's being glutton, um, for me, and really not sharing whatever all the hunters bring back for the Vricks. Um, and anyway, so that kind of makes him hate her even more. Um, he goes hunting some more, and then he kind of ends up falling and almost dying, and he ends up finding a spaceship, which he doesn't obviously know it's a spaceship because I've never seen anything like that um, on their planet or any, like, even above, like, in the sky. They've never seen anything like it. Um, clearly, it's crashed, and there are human corpses in there. And he also sees a few of them who seem to be awake, like, not awake, but, like, alive but sleeping. He ends up touching a crypto chamber, which obviously houses... Um, people inside sleeping <laughs> and um he ends up waking up our female lead ivy um and ivy's very much human she has no idea where she is what's going on she was promised uh you know that she'd wake up when they're on the planet that they said that they would be settling on and yeah she wakes up in a foreign world a world she doesn't know and she has this uh spider man being in front Thing. of her that she has no idea what he is of course you know she automatically assumes he's gonna eat her um not the good kind you know like actually eat her all the way <laughs> thanks for specifying that, yeah so. i had to you know anyways um so there's a language barrier there as well but like as time goes on she realizes that she's safe with Katan and he's not gonna eat her and slowly they start to learn each other's languages and start to communicate and form a friendship and like things kind of go from there and there's a whole political intrigue with the queen and like what she's doing with her people and what she's not doing for them obviously letting them starve to death and yeah it's just a lot of a lot just a lot of things going on in this book how did you like it I really really enjoyed it I was like sucked in okay I will admit like the beginning of the book was slow I think up until like the fifth chapter I would say agreed um, because a lot of it's info like information that we needed to obviously mm -hmm. understand the story further down the line um but I just wasn't like it wasn't grasping me because like one he hasn't met the heroine at that point um and I just felt like it was just a lot of information at once but once we actually got to the point where Ivy was awake and like things were kind of like moving between them uh mm -hmm. loved it I couldn't I couldn't put it down I really enjoyed it, and I cannot wait for book two and book three. And I am someone that doesn't usually like series that follows the same couple, um, but I'm here with it, with Katan and Ivy. Like, I need their story to continue. I really enjoyed it as well. Um, I have the same, you know, I felt the same way about the beginning being a little bit slow mm -hmm. to get into. Um, I felt it was a little bit dense as well, which is yeah. probably just the, the information that was being thrown our way that you just have to take in and be like, oh, okay. Um, funnily enough, I found it really hard in the beginning to picture a spider looking man. Like my brain just yeah. couldn't, couldn't picture it, even though like, and it's not the fault of the book, obviously, because it was described as it was, yeah. but like, it was just my brain. It just couldn't compute <laughs> with the image. <laughs> Because I used to think there are so many limbs going on. You got, like, six legs, four right? arms, and, like, right? claspers. Two claspers. And a dick. <laughs> like, too many things going on. We did not see the dick for a very long time, Ugh, which kind of brings me into... Um, I really enjoyed how they took their time 
developing this romance. Um, I, I, I'm new to their books. Um, so I, I, I mean, I, I kind of went in not knowing really what to expect. Um, but I knew there was smut coming my way. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I really appreciated that they didn't just like jump straight into it. They had that one scene in the beginning where Catan is like sort of exploring, discovering the human um, body. His exploration was mm-hmm. gonna kill me. I know. Oh, girl. That's all I wanted to say. It killed me. <laughs> and then girl stopped, and I was like, "Well, you know what? You could have not stopped, right? Like, keep it going, cause I want to know where this goes." <laughs> right um but then I appreciated that they did not and they ended up you know because at that point when that happens like they don't even speak the same language they can't understand each other so like he doesn't even know what no means you know um and slowly by slowly they sort of become friends and he teaches her how to hunt and survive in the tangle and eventually it leads to the smut. Um, but that's like very, very far into the book, which I guess makes sense considering there are three books, uh, you know, in the series with yeah. the same characters. I have to say at this point in time, I am kind of like, why couldn't the story just be wrapped up in one book? But I trust that they know what they're doing and that they know that, you know, how much story is to come. Yeah. Uh, they would know why they're splitting splitting this one in, into three, which I don't think is their usual, right? Like they tend to no. write standalones. They, yeah, they tend to just do one book per couple. And that's why... I'm intrigued. I want, like you said, I kind of want to know where the story's going to go. And by the end of the book, we kind of know that Kitan has kind of like put himself in a situation where like yeah. he's fucked. A kafuffle. Yeah. <laughs> yes. There you go. Um, because he kills Durax, which is like the queen's like prime warrior, I guess. Um, he kills him, and obviously he couldn't let him like see Ivy and then get away with that information because at this point, no one knows of Ivy and like her existence. And if Durax was let go and freed, he obviously would kind of, you know, bring the queen and everyone down upon Ivy. Um, yeah, so he's kind of in a, whatever you just said there. Kafuffle. There you go. <laughs> whatever the word is. <laughs> <laughs> because now he's going to be wanted for treason. He's betrayed yeah. the queen. So I'm kind of curious to see where this goes. And she fucking deserved it anyway. She did. Fuck that bitch psycho bitch um anywho one thing i wanted to discuss with you on what i just said was um i want to know what is your plot to smut ratio and do you have one if i go into a book like i feel like i kind of have a general idea if it's just erotica or smut or spice or whatever the new term is these days i don't even know what they call it now but like i kind of know going in if that's what the book is and i then on the reverse side i kind of know if it's just heavy on plot and smut uh-huh. as well like i just i kind of feel like i i know going in so like with this book i kind of knew it was more like it was plot driven and it was also like it was going to have smut because it's kind of like their mo like they always have like a plot going as well as having like the sex scenes um so yeah, I kind of like, I ex- like I know going in what I'm going to read, basically. It's funny because I kind of started off reading more so erotica than anything else. Well, yeah, and my then first time. I, I shifted gear towards like erotic romance. And from there it went into like just contemporary romance. And I feel like with the years my my plot to smut ratio is going down and down not in the sense that like I'm a prude but in the sense that I just I don't know especially in recent years I've really learned to appreciate sex scenes that mean something to the characters and that does something for the story uh arc and so I feel like my plot to smut ratio has gone way down but in this case, like, this was perfect for me. Like, mm-hmm. it was, I was getting plot, I was getting character development, and when it led where it led, it felt gratifying. You know, like, it felt like you were getting finally something that you had been waiting for yes. for a while, and that made sense with the progression of their relationship, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. No, it does. I agree with you wholeheartedly. And so, if I can pitch this book to people that are listening... If you read The Ice Planet Barbarians and you are looking for something that has a little bit more plot and you're not afraid of it getting a little weirder, (laughs) (laughs) 
then I feel like you would like this book, right? I agree. Like, I've read a few um, Ice Planet Barbarian books, and I agree. I honestly think this book, like you said, has a good, like, I just, the way it built up, I honestly felt their sexual tension. And, like, at first it was just tension between them, but then, like, as the story progressed, I was like, I love where they're going. And I love, like you said, they developed respect for each other. They, they developed um, you know, love and affection and a friendship with each other. And then, like, obviously it turned into something sexual, but at that point they were already so in love. Like, they chose each other. And, like, I, I don't know. Like, I'm, you know I'm a sucker for slow burn, and mm-hmm. this book was slow burn. And I think they have, they've built such a strong foundation because I think they will face problems down the line in the second book and the third book. And I think having a strong base for them is what was needed. Yeah, and um, you just mentioned, like, they, they grew to have respect for each other. And that's, like, an inter- that was, for me, an interesting twist in the book in the sense that usually in the sci-fi books that I read where they're aliens and stuff, uh, usually it's the humans that have to learn to not treat the aliens as animals. And in this case, I thought it was interesting yeah. that it was sort of switched around where it was Catan that had to remind himself, like, stop treating her like she's an animal. Yeah, because at you know? first he took her because he wanted a pet yeah because he didn't think her anything like she wasn't anything above the animals that lived in the tangle exactly so yeah i know that's true oh and also like i love how that whole thing you know brought on like a whole uh moral dilemma for Gatan because he's like developing sexual desire towards this thing (laughs) (laughs) and he's like but she's not rick's so I should not feel this way towards her. But he's like, but I am. And I just love how he was constantly, like, battling with himself and his, his feelings. His struggle. And, and like, him yeah. taking his claspers and trying to, like, push his dick back in. And I'm like, dude, just let it free. Girl, I fucking love the goddamn claspers, Right, man. you were like, worried about it. Listeners, okay, listen. She was really, she messaged me in the chat. And then she's like, I don't know about these claspers. Like, how do they look? What's, like... They're kind of creeping me out. And then I obviously, you know, had to share with her some image. Did I share? I I showed you a picture, I think. No, I don't think so. Oh, anyways, I probably didn't because I thought it was really creepy uh, because I literally searched up insect claspers. Um, Oh, God. Don't do it. Anyway, <laughs> so you did it for your own research. I know. I was going oh, to okay. send you. Listeners, we all know what Seth is looking up on the internet March. on a Wednesday evening. Um, <laughs> no, that's not the case. I was trying to provide you with a visual in case you were a visual learner. Don't sip your tea well, like you that. you did not share the visual. <laughs> because Therefore. I was like, this is so weird. I'm not sharing it. No, I'm just I wondering why you didn't share it. I needed to abort. <laughs> the mission i mean i loved the claspers and like not i I think i loved them most in the non-sexual scenes where it's like at one point ivy ivy gets hurt and katan is like running towards her and she says that like he's he has his forearms just like to reach reaching out to her but the claspers are reaching out to her too and i was like i don't know why this is so adorable like I can't, I'm just picturing like little arms, like here. This <laughs> is cute, all right. In, like a very alien way. <laughs> I feel like I started this book being weirded out, and by the end, I was like, you know what? Four arms and claspers are totally normal. <laughs> it is, and I honestly like he made use of every single appendage. Yes, which should we? Do you, you want to talk that? about it? <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like we've, you know, we are now the podcast where we get into great details about uh, male appendages. So we might as well, you know, we would do a disservice to ourselves and to our listeners if we did not. Go All right. So, can I can I share this? OK, so one of my important points that I have in my notes, I literally have heading Kitan's dick. Holy heck, that was really amazing. He seriously has a huge schlong that unfurls and vibrates inside, dot, dot, dot. Like, what? And he kinky? Tying her up? Mm -hmm. Those were my notes, because that's an important point that I needed to include. Yeah, so our boy Katan is a very sweet, soft, adorable baby boy protective. Mm -hmm. But 
But, ladies and gents, when he gets down to the doo-doo... Ew, that sounds like he's taking a shit. <laughs> when he gets down to doo in the doo, uh, is that better? <laughs> a bit. Um, he turns into someone else. He's like, I'ma tie this up and this up, and I'ma wrap you up like you're a sausage, you know, and I'ma twist you around and put this there, and I was like, okay. Marge. He was like Christian Grey, but like spider. (laughs) I feel like Christian Grey could never, because boy can just, he can just wrap you up whenever. Yeah. In the jungle, no issue. And like, you know how like those horror films, or like any movie that has ginormous spiders, like their biggest fear is like becoming like, you know, wrapped up in their web. And, like, I love how Tiffany and Robert took that fear and was like, let me make it sexy. Let me wrap up Ivy in the same way you fear, but, like, sexy. I can't, you can't say that and me not thinking about that Facebook post. What Facebook post? (laughs) The guy is, like, his fantasy is to be crushed by (laughs) under a female spider. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking of. I'm like, well, apparently not everyone is scared of spiders in that way. Because wow. boy was like having sexual fantasies about it. So. I honestly felt like that was me talking to you after I read that book. <laughs> I feel like Tiffany and Roberts were like, we're gonna make everyone realize that uh, what they fear can actually be very erotic. Yeah, no, <laughs> um, this book brings like a whole new meaning to like shock therapy. You know, like absolutely ex- exposure, exposure. Expo- yes, that's what I meant. Exposure <laughs> therapy. Yes, yes. I went in. You went in, and you were scared, and you came out of it thinking, you know what? Maybe I want a spider lover. <laughs> uh, but no, it was really funny because I was telling. I don't know why I told my mother I'm reading certain books. Anyways, I told her I was reading this, and then she's like, "But he's a spider." I'm like, "Yes, mother, but he's a sexy spider." I feel like of all the books I could share with. The people around me that is the one that I probably would not mention. Well, I mean, I was too excited and no one I knew was reading it at that point. And I was just really excited and I needed to share with someone other than my wall. <laughs> and me? <laughs> Question mark? Hello? <laughs> I mean, obviously you, but we couldn't really talk about it because we needed to talk about it today. True, true, true. So, so anyways, so for like 80% of the book, you know... All we know is um, Catan has the slit and his claspers are holding on to it for dear life, <laughs> hoping that the stem does not, you know, push through. And then it does. And it was an experience. But also I was a little bit confused. I'm not going to lie. Like, so it's purple. Well, yes, it was purple. We all know that. Well, I mean, maybe you don't know that, listeners. <laughs> it was purple. Uh, but what confused me is that, so after she comes, yeah, he comes, and then it starts vibrating, which is fine. That part is not confusing at all. What is confusing is that she mentions something unfurling inside of her. Mm-hmm. And that part is what makes me go, what? <laughs> and then, and then she literally passes out. It's like, it's like so good. She's just, pa- she just passes out. Right. Yeah. What is that thing? What is that thing inside? <laughs> I wish I could explain to you, but all I know is that it vibrates to the point where something unfurls, and I think whatever unfurls is like mm-hmm. it, you know, makes her reach like you know past the point of no return, you know, pleasure. Yeah, I just like I kind of need a visual, and I really hope Tiffany and Robert, like you know how they released beautiful pictures um, about the hero and shielded heart which is another great alien hero. Highly recommend mm-hmm. if you want to read another alien hero. I really want that art for our boy Katan here. You know what this made me think of, though? I was like, I kind of low-key hope that there's butt sex at some point. <laughs> I mean, I would not be opposed to it at all. I was just thinking, like, I don't know. I could see it. I kind of want it. So, Tiffany and Robert, if you're listening... I'm just saying. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> Co-signed, Romancing the Monsters podcast. 
Uh, no, I already said, like, I need to have, like, a blowjob scene in this. Because imagine him. Yes! When she says, like, oh, I'm going to teach you how to kiss or whatever. I'm going to show her. I, I for sure thought girl was going to get on her knees. No, it was just a sweet kiss. But... No, because imagine. He was, like, o- like always confused, but yet intrigued by her lips. Mm. And imagine him. Because he's probably never, like, obviously would never have experienced a blowjob before. Imagine how that would go i know i girl i know but i think that that's a scene in the making like i don't i think that that's gonna oh happen. no no yeah no for sure the and butt sex thing i don't know but this thing is it's coming we both know it's <laughs> <coming>. <laughs> pun intended <laughs> it wasn't intended but i'm glad it's here <laughs> can we circle back <laughs> um yeah because i'm sorry his dick kind of took precedence yeah took over um can we circle back to <laughs> the first night that they're together and she wakes up and she really needs to pee and she pees on this carpet and he's literally treating her like you know a misbehaving puppy yeah (laughs) he's like you don't pee on the carpet and she's like i don't understand shit bro like what do you want me to do she's like i need to go outside he's like no i need to go outside i need to pee and he just doesn't fucking understand no yeah. Oh, and then he brings her to the water and he literally throws her in like <laughs> I just I love it in books when they don't understand each other. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Because it just makes for such poor communication that it brings on the best situations like this where it's just like funny. It's just it's great. It's great. It's great. I love it. But I also love that it didn't stay that way too long. Like there's a there's like a nice middle where it's like, oh, yeah, they have enough time where you, you can get the funny banter of like them not un- understanding each other. And then also them finally understanding each other and being able to communicate and relate to each other on what's been going on in their lives. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because some some books it's like you don't really get that because for the whole of the book, it's very difficult to communicate and it just feels more surface level because you're like, how can you really care for this being that seemingly like doesn't really understand who you are exactly. or can't really have conversations with you and such so and i feel like with stories like that i feel like they focus heavily on the physical the sex yes yeah. yes that's what i'm getting at whereas this book i love that it took them time to understand each other but like they still took that time to understand each other before they even like formulated anything between them you know and i love that i like tiffany and robert really did that well how did you feel about, like, the story with the queen and the Ricks and all of that? Girl, first of all, I said it before. I'm going to say it again. Bitch can fucking die for all I care. <laughs> but, no, actually, bitch can, can just die. That's literally all I have to say about her. Like, I just hated her so much. I know. I hated her, too. And I, I need her to meet, like, an awful end. But, like, she's mm-hmm. so powerful. Like, she is, like, honestly so scary to me. Like, so scary. Like, she literally towers over him because all the women tower over the male fricks. And she's also had people try to fight her for the position of queen, and she's killed them all. And she also assaulted my boy Katan. Multiple times. I know. Bitch had no boundaries. None. No. So it was great to see, like... A situation like this where it's very predatory and just gross, yeah. but switched where it's like a woman doing that to a, a grown man, which is important to know. And like, he's uncomfortable and he doesn't want it. And his body is reacting without him wanting I it know. to. And that's very true, you know, like that's very accurate. And, and I, I really liked that it was there, you know? Yeah. Um, I also like how this is a matriarchal society just because it's spiders and so, you know, women rule. Mm-hmm. But I feel like oftentimes in fiction, and maybe that's just my experience with it and, you know, it's very limited anyway. So, but the experience that I have had was that oftentimes matriarchal societies are depicted as like almost like a utopia, you know, like yes. almost kind of like the best thing that could ever be type of thing. But... When you look at the animal kingdom, that's not always the case. No. Spiders are a great example. Isn't it spiders that literally eat their mates after 
sex. Like, so I love how you have here a matriarchal society where women are, you know, queens and they are despicable and rootless. And I mean, in this case, it was her. I'm pretty sure that um, Catan's like mother wasn't that way. No, and her sister is very Yeah, but we never really got to see her. So we don't know. Yeah. Um. His feelings towards her could be, you know, a little skewed because she was his mother. Who knows? But it's very true that in at the animal kingdom or the insect kingdom or whatever the f- I don't fucking know in nature, uh, <laughs> you know, females are very aggressive. I I really enjoyed that aspect and I like that little switch that we saw. Um, but I think it's very much her character itself. And oh, I mean, like, yeah. obviously, like we've talked about his mother, we don't know, but his sister, she's like, she comes to check up on him. She like, you know, they talk and they have good conversations and like, mm-hmm. she's kind of also stuck and put in a bad position because of her position in the queendom, you know, like she is like one of her warriors. And it's also, they also talked about how um, the queen, is it Zervashi? I believe that's her name. She um, is responsible for so many deaths. And why, Seth? It was just because she wanted die. <laughs> Which is like, really? Yeah. And like his own mother and I think whoever, like people close to him died for like looking for roots to dye her silk. And so our boy Katan has been offering her the same goddamn roots yeah. as a fuck you. Which I love how... The story begins, and that's what he's doing. Like, first chapter, he's offering her some kind of root, root, and we don't understand. We don't understand what it means until, like, 70%. Yeah, exactly. So it makes sense at that point, and I love how they kept that, you know, not, like, a secret, because you kind of forget about it, to be honest. Yeah. They bring that up again, and you're like, oh, so that's why that was a fuck you, you know? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just felt like this book had me like it just had me going up until the end to the point where like Tiffany and Robert, I need book two now. I'm curious to see what happens later on, because obviously they will like there will be a fight between um, Katan and the queen and probably whoever decides to join his side. And I don't know. I'm curious to see where it's going to go. Same. And I fucking love the scene where that first time he goes back and confronts the queen or he's confronted to her and like he comes back really late and um ivy sees that he's like troubled yeah angry and stuff and she says let me just recap the whole scene she says what's wrong (laughs) i'm gonna really mess it up uh but then he says everything but this and he's like holding her and he's like everything is wrong right now but what we have and then she says what can i do like to help you yeah and he says be you and i was like bitch i am so soft right now (laughs) (laughs) i am so soft for the spider i cannot even with myself he was just like such a great character and like well-rounded like he was like he's not my go-to character like you know I like the annoying alpha like a-hole character sometimes but like he honestly was such an honorable person and like not person bricks I guess and like just wanted good and like wanted to do good and be good and like he just wanted this one like I guess you can call it selfish he just wanted Ivy and like he wants to be with her and like be just with her but like society and like his people and his friends are all telling him just like mate with the queen like just do it or else you're gonna die or else are like your friends are gonna die and your family's gonna die and it's just like no he just he just wants one thing for himself yeah like this is my perfect kind of soft hero because i don't like soft heroes who i don't know i just don't like cinnamon rolls i don't like soft but (laughs) This is my kind of soft where he's like, he can be very soft and understanding and just, you know, wanting her to have everything she's ever wanted yes. and be happy and stuff. But when it comes to the do, he can, you know, he becomes protective and fierce and possessive. And like, he's got all those things that I appreciate in a fictional male. Our boy gets so possessive. He even gets jealous at like just the idea of like other that you humans. could like a human. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, boy, 
she chose you. And I like that, going back to their claiming, I love that it happened when they both were on the same page. Like, I don't know, yeah. I just feel like this book was so different than what I'm used to in the sense where, like, usually, like, people have sex and then they figure out their emotions later. But in this case, they figured out their emotions and, like, were on the same page and realized that they just wanted to be with each other. And then they decided to, like, consummate this relationship. And I loved it. And I... I don't know. I just, I like their dynamic a lot. Especially because by that point, they had gotten really comfortable with each other, uh, which is important. Like, I, I there's one bit where um, Ivy is sort of bathing herself and she's naked in front of him. And she says, like, I've finally reached a point where I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm no longer, I don't longer feel self-conscious in my nakedness. And weirdly enough, that reminded me of our Love in the Wild discussion with yeah. how, like, when you're dropped in the middle of the jungle, then maybe, you know, societal pressures and, like, the burden of what it means to be in our world sort of are, are lifted and you're just allowed to be free in who you are. And I felt like that was sort of happening with Ivy where... yeah. Especially with, like, her past and everything. Like, it was like she was finally able to just be who she is and be who she wants to be and, like... And found that sense of belonging, you know? Yeah, yeah. And be comfortable with herself and her body, which is, like... Because, obviously, to him, he has no other example of what a woman could look like. And she has no other example of what, you know, a male Vricks could look like. Exactly. their concept of beauty no longer applies and how fucking freeing must must that be Mm -hmm. because like we can't convince ourselves that like that's not a thing that you and I and everyone else on earth like has in the back of their minds constantly like we're constantly judging people from like how they look you know yeah how they look, how they carry themselves, what they wear yeah how they act yeah so when you look at someone that doesn't look like you then that no longer applies. I just, I love that concept. I really do. I do as well. And you brought up her past and to the discussion of like what we think the monster is. For me personally, um, it was like her past and like what she went through. So we didn't really talk about it. But when she was 18, she had a boyfriend who fully took advantage of her by filming her first, like her first and only time having sex basically and broadcasted it live. And the worst of it is he made her sign a document, yes. a contract that stated that she would not uh, persecute him for, yeah. for for doing that. And she didn't know because at the time she was very naive yeah. and, you know, star, starry-eyed and was just really happy to be in love and just trusted him wholeheartedly. And he took advantage. Yeah, which was really sad because she met him when she was a minor and they didn't do anything until she turned 18. Um, and obviously, sadly, actually, her parents found out about it. Um, and they kicked her out of the house and she was forced to drop out of school. And when she tried to go home again, they didn't want her and shamed her into living in her car and had no home. And obviously she comes across this program, which allows you to move to another planet. Um, and she obviously takes, takes that and decides to go to another planet. And obviously she ends up, um, on the planet with the Ricks. Um, but because of her past and her upbringing and like, kind of what she experienced with her parents and, like, with everything else going on, she, like, really questioned her feelings and questioned her place in his world and, like, obviously didn't find this, like, didn't have a place there until, like, you know, she kind of, like, let go of her past and also tried to, like, work through her traumas. And, yeah, I just felt like it was really sad to, like, see her go from, like, you know, like, she would, like, like Katan and, like, want to explore things with him, but then, like, her intense shame that she felt because of her past and because of her parents' reactions to her her own actions, um, it kind of made her pull back with Kitan and kind of made her think of, like, what was right and what was wrong. And, like, I don't know. I just felt like her monster personally was, like, her shame that she had. She had no place to feel that. She did nothing wrong. And it was just really sad that society, like, our society convinced her that what she did was wrong. And to a point where she had nothing left and no one left to the point where she was like, I might as well start over on a completely different planet. Yeah. Like, that's incredibly sad that you just 
you know no one will care and you have no one anymore so you're like well i guess i'm the perfect person to ship on a different planet and start over i just thought that was really sad um for me well obviously that was the whole thing with the boyfriend but for me where it really starts is with the parents and her parents were so garbage well here's the thing i think that a lot of the time it's the parents in books like these are neglectful or abusive etc her parents weren't they were just they were indifferent indifferent yes but they also made her feel unloved and unwanted and they constantly reminded her that she was like a mistake child afterwards after the fact for me let me let me backtrack okay Okay, what i'm trying to say is that a lot of the time it's easy to go for the neglectful abusive parents and that leads people to you know make mistakes further down the line because they're just seeking love in this case i appreciated how it started off with just indifferent parents parents who provided for her food clothes a home but never love And what that did was that it created someone who was incredibly in need of love and acceptance. And it's for that reason that she fell into the arms of that guy, that douchebag, that asshole. Mm -hmm. And he knew that and took advantage of that. But it's the the indifference that created that person. But indifference in my eyes, I still see that as neglect. I think those are two different things for me. Cause really? neglect is like you are not provided for, you're not fed, you're not clothed, you're not like neglect is like you're a stinky dirty baby. But emotional care, providing emotional care is also still neglect for me. Like sorry, the lack of providing emotional care. Um, because I feel like once you have a child you decide to love it, care for it. Like Giving them a house and clothes is the bare minimum. Giving them food, bare minimum. You have to do that anyways. But loving someone and caring for them, that is still neglect in my eyes because it's still something that should just be given to your child. I don't know. I'm sticking with indifference. I guess I guess we just have different yeah. opinions on what neglect is, which is fine. Um, I just, I, I feel like that created for her that just that hole inside of her that's never been filled. And there's this really sad moment at one point where she's, you know, with Catan and she's thinking, like, how is it possible that the person that's ever loved me the most and cared for me the most and left, like, let me be who I am the most was this alien Mm -hmm. on a completely different planet? You know what I mean? And I just, I don't know. I just felt like it spoke volume of the people that she's been around and just humanity in general and just how awful people can be to the point where you're just lost and you have no one and nothing and you feel you you just become like this sponge and it's just sad because like she didn't even have her friends anymore like everyone just judged her and shunned her um to the point where she was completely isolated and she would even talk about like like she ha- grew a fe- like a phobia of thunderstorms and rain because she would live in her car and she lived in one during like I think it was a hurricane and she had no one she had no friend to go spend the night at you know she just had no one and like it's just so sad that that was her case and I'm happy that she ended up on a planet and found that sense of belonging in that home with Katan and obviously we know it's gonna be shaken up a bit in the book two and three what about um Katan um, for Kitan, mine is essentially his duty and support to his people versus his own happiness and well-being. Um, because he is sort of stuck in that in-between place where he's like, I want to help my people. I don't like to see my friends suffer and their families suffer and... You know, there's a lack of food and, you know, it's all going downhill. But at the same time, he's like, I do not want to submit to her. I do not want to, you know, become her plaything and just become hers. I I don't want that. And he's sort of trapped between those two ideas. And eventually he does make the choice. Like, I want Ivy. This is what I want. I, I do not want this 
you know, the queen. I never wanted her. I never wanted anyone else. I just want Ivy. And he makes that choice, which has repercussions, obviously. Um, No, I agree with you. And I felt like that was his monster as well. Um, Because, like, she's an obstacle even with his friends. And, like, obviously, yeah, the relationship he's building with Ivy because he doesn't really pursue her, Ivy, romantically until he, like, recognizes, like you said, he deserves happiness and he wants to be with Ivy exclusively. Um, so, yeah, I agree with that. Um, I'm curious to see how that plays out because I don't see the queen accepting not having him. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> like, this bitch is going to, like, I don't know what. I wish, like, we could have gotten the fucking scene from her perspective when he does not show up at the claim. Yeah! Like, bitch was waiting, and he did not show up. I just, I wanted her to, you know? Yeah. Anywho. And I guess, like, the whole dilemma that Catan has uh, relates to another question which I have for you. Because I do think that the end of this book brings up a ethical question that's very interesting. Because there are the other eight or seven humans yes. that are, you know, asleep. And Ivy has this a dilemma of her own because she's like, do I wake up these people and, you know, subject them to a life in the jungle that is very dangerous, yeah. a life that they might not want? Or do I let them sleep, leave them there, and they will die? They will die in two, in two years. years. <laughs> But they will die unknowingly of what happened. You know what I mean? They will just die peacefully. They Mm -hmm. went to sleep and that's it. That's their end. And I was just curious. Like, what do you think? Like, because it is like, it's a difficult decision to make because you're making that decision for seven other people that probably would not all agree. Some of them might. Some of them probably would choose to, to sleep and die. And let's also not forget that Kitan also brought up valid points when he's like, you can't really take care of yourself here like how would you provide for others if you can't really provide for yourself and he also even says I am taking care of you and like he doesn't really say it to her but he's like it's already a struggle like another mouth to feed is like kind of like hard imagine if he has to feed seven other humans you know and it's just like one man doing all of that is just it's a lot of work but obviously the the you know flip side to that is also valid of, like, I can't be the one to choose that these people are going to die. No, and I agree. But I also feel like looking at it as, like, a whole picture, I, like, I just feel like for Ivy, it's, like, she's in a difficult position because she is more or less playing God, you know? Like, she decides when they live or die and how they will live. And obviously they don't have a choice. They either live on the planet that they crash-landed on or, like you said, they die peacefully in their crypto chamber and not knowing where they landed yeah i don't know i just feel like it's a very difficult question and a difficult situation that ivy's in right now i feel like personally ivy is amongst the people that were on that ship that were the less skilled you know Mm. she said how some of them were sent there because they are doctors they are whatever like they have skills with a range of things that would be useful on you know a whole new planet yeah so i'm thinking like i do think that some of them like she says you're giving us you're not giving us a whole lot of credit to Catan. like she says that to him yeah we are stronger than you think humans are yeah of course and i do think that that applies to these people because some of them are skilled and probably would be able to you know, start up a garden and survive in, in the jungle and, and bring their own, um, True. you know, knowledge of, of medicine yeah. and such. So so I do think that they would be able to survive, probably, or that they would be able to start, a, like, a little settlement of humans on that new planet. Mm-hmm. And I agree with that. And, like, who's to say someone that, you know, was in that section where Ivy was from wasn't like a tradesman or like wasn't into like you know like building things or like you we just we don't know we won't know until they wake up which I really think they will well they they will wake up which begs the question what do you hope to see in books two and three in terms of like where the story's gonna go where the character is like what what are some things that you think will happen and some things you hope will happen well I kind of have two things I have two ships <laughs> ships first Ships. Uh, first off, I really want, and I'm going to butcher his name, 
Rakosh. Okay, yes. I want him with Katan's sister. I feel like there was something there between those two. <laughs> okay. And then I want um, Urkot or Telok, Telok, whatever his name yeah. is. The, the two other friends, the hunter and the, what, what's the other one? Like the, not builder, but like the one that works with rocks and he's like, I speak to the rocks. <laughs> um, that guy. Yeah. I'm like low-key thinking that they're going to, you know, obviously wake up the other humans. And I'm like, maybe those two will end up with other humans. I'm not opposed to it. And I want that to happen, too. <laughs> I feel like I want more human bricks yeah. mating. And then I'm like, well, obviously we mentioned uh, the butt sex, which was not a thing that I came into this discussion thinking that I would want. And then it just came into my mind and was like, like yep, butt I sex. want that. So, you know, I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> um, other than that, what about you? I'm a, I'm a think on that. Okay. Um, for me, personally, I kind of want Ivy to be exposed to the Rick's colonies and, like, to experience life there and see what it's like. And I also kind of want her to be more, like, I kind of see her personality shifting a bit and, like, she's becoming more confident in herself. And I kind of want her to be more badass. And I think she has the ability to do so. Um, oh, for sure. And... I want her to, I want to see her interact with the other humans, and I kind of want Katan to, to become see the, her. the leader of the Yes, I, I want that, but I also want to see Katan see how humans interact as well, because yeah. he doesn't obviously have any sort of knowledge on humans and, like, does, doesn't know, like, their habits or anything like that. And I feel like he kind of needs to see that as well. And yeah, I just, I'm curious to see where it's going to go in terms of, like, their relationship as well, because obviously he's not done with the queen the queen's still gonna expect things from him but he's not willing to do that anymore he doesn't even want to do it doesn't even want to like be in the same space with her so I'm just I want to see what happens there and I know it'll cause friction with him and Ivy and I'm just ready you know what my head canon is now what I want for the queen to have a moment with Catan where he's given it all he's got you know like he's fought against her but she's just too much you know and <laughs> and i want ivy to come in and be like bitch he's mine <laughs> <laughs> and for her to claim him in front of the queen and like be badass as fuck which we didn't talk about ivy but i, I loved her as yeah. a character i think ivy's character was so well written I don't know why I'm, like, slowly speaking today, but I feel like I am. <laughs> no, but I thought her character was great. She was funny and relatable and very easy to, you know, just like, I guess. She was very likable, uh, but not without flaw. And, yeah, I just, I really liked her as the main character. So I'm, I'm excited for her to, to, to read more about her and see where her and Katan end up next. Me too. And I'm... I don't know. I want to meet the other humans. I just want to see where the story's going to go. Because I really feel like we just scratched the surface with these characters in this new world. Um, and I really think Tiffany and Robert do have a lot planned for the second and third book, which I am really excited for. Uh, lastly, the last question before we end the episode is, would you want to live in this world? Would you want to be an Ivy who is dropped onto this planet, crash landed on it, and now has to live with her hot spider-looking alien husband slash mate. I mean, I think at this point... We're really testing the boundaries of what we, we can and can't At handle. this point, if I was chosen... If, if I were in Ivy's shoes, that, I don't think that yeah. makes sense. But if I was Ivy, there you go. I would ensure I had my Kindle ready to go. <laughs> you and your fucking Kindle. You cannot charge it. What do you not understand in that? I can charge it in the, the thing. How? With rainwater? The shit. It's going to die in two years. You you can read for two years, but after that, what's up? Well, I feel what like in do? the future, I feel like they'll have a type of Kindle that never dies. Okay? There you go. Anyways, like it'll charge by the sun. Anyways. <laughs> That being said, um, I don't know if I can live in the wilderness to the point where, like, I could die. But I want Katan, so I think I would have to tough it out. But also, I feel like I feel like it'll just be really isolating and really lonely. Oh, 
because they don't really leave the nest he built you know like they just stay there she doesn't meet anyone else she only has him and like obviously i think down the line she'll obviously meet his friends and his family um and the humans would also be you know her new family like her new found family um but i just feel like it's really lonely i mean i'm very scared of heights and his nest it just sounds like it's very very high up very, very high And up. it shakes. And it just shakes with the wind and when he's, you know, going up. And I just don't know, girl. I feel like I'd be sick at any moment. But just, like, motion sickness and just being sick because you're so high up. Yeah. And he's, like, walking around the trees upside down. And, like, I just, I don't know if I can do I it. I get Catan. Well, you do get Catan, but it is different to have someone else experience Catan and have yourself experience Catan. <laughs> like, I'm just trying to picture this eight feet tall, giant looking spider with yeah. four arms, two claspers, six legs, a chest, a slit, a face, no mouth, well, no lips. You know, fangs. I even mentally forgot that he had, like, 10,000 eyes. He has eight. Eight eyes. Same thing for me. Which I remember you specifically saying you do not like multiple pairs of eyes. Yeah. I, friends, am very into multiple pairs of eyes. (laughs) All right. Well, I mean, that's the more you know, right? Okay, fine. I feel like I could could do it. (laughs) I don't know why. Seriously thinking about it. I think I could do it. (laughs) (sighs) Okay, let's be real. My ideal world would not have uh, constant sun and hot weather because, one, I'm allergic to the sun. I break out in hives. Two, I just, like, I can't deal with the heat. So I feel like it will not be the world for me. I'm sorry, Katan. And also, he could not build you... A library. No. So I feel like that's a definite no for you. Unless, like, he builds, like, something with his silk. Like, I mean, like, I feel like he can make something really sturdy with it. Girl, I am imagining the most extravagant closet full of... Beautiful dresses. clothes? Like, he could make me dresses for days, yeah. even though I don't like wearing dresses. But, like, he could make anything. I'm pretty sure he can make lingerie girl oh silk yeah. lingerie he could make me silk pillowcases to protect my hair he could like he, listen the, the list is endless with him i could live a life of luxury with all the silk i want yeah but i still don't think that that's enough for me no no <laughs> I, I don't think don't it think is for me either as much as i love you katan and i love the dress you made ivy like 100 percent. like you need to like you know be at fashion week you know with those gorgeous dresses i know you can create but i just i don't think this world is for me agreed agreed all right so unfortunately no katan for us but i do like his appendage and i feel like it has potential i yes except uh is an appendage an interesting appendage worth (laughs) <laughs> everything else <laughs> i mean <All laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> but it also has personality okay it's like we're just gonna go back and forth and never end this let's just say no no for now until i read books two and three <laughs> moving on from this conversation <laughs> um all right is this it yes Thanks for joining us um, to discuss Ensnared by Tiffany Roberts. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. Um, As I said at the beginning of the episode, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please feel free to leave us a review. And if you want to reach out in any capacity, you can find us on Instagram at Romancing the Monsters Podcast. Also on Twitter at the RTM Pod, on TikTok at Romancing the Monsters Pod, and uh, Gmail Romancing the Monsters Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, if you just want to send us a good old email, just feel free. 
I mean, honestly, I repeat it every week, but you can just look at our description down below. The description of the episode has all of our links, all of our um, things, information. Uh, but if you want to reach me online, uh, you can find me on both Twitter and Instagram at Foes and Lovers. And you can find me, Seth, on both Instagram and Twitter at Foes with Wolves. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye.